0: Ray J went on Complex. A couple of words that I never thought would start, a round ball roundup, but here we are on utahjazz.com, JP Chunga. Ray J went on Complex and he decided to put out a product and debut it to Speedy Mormon. Tried to challenge And things didn't go the way that he thought it would. I
1: just feel like you're so um, frivolous with your products, man. You're slapping the table, they're flying everywhere, you're tossing the glasses. They're unbreakable unbreakable. They're unbreakable. Break them. Step on it right now. No, you step on them. It's your product. You step on them. Go ahead. Speedy, step on them. I can't do that. You can. (laughs) I bet you I can break these. Don't challenge me, Ray J. I will break them. Listen, Speedy, they're unbreakable. They cannot break. It's impossible. I don't care.
0: This relates to the jazz because you don't want to be like Ray J. That is something that I actually did think that I would work into a round ball roundup. You don't want to be like Ray J because you don't want to not see problems and find ways to fix them. Jazz have not had a good go of it as of late, and we'll review the game against Philly and the game against L.A. here on the program and look forward to Memphis and OKC coming up. we also talking to the Athletics' Michael Lee about his postmortem, about the Jazz, after he saw them in Philadelphia. But don't be like Ray J because there are problems in front of you and you aren't willing to accept them. I can guarantee you the locker room isn't saying I don't care. Just listen to Jeff Green after the loss to L.A.
1: Right now we're low, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're not where we want to be. Uh last six games, to me, um, we kind of took you know a couple steps back to what, the progress that we had uh, going into uh, the beginning of that road trip. But, um, you know, the great thing about the NBA is, uh, you know, we got a couple games ahead of us that are games that we can win. Uh, we got two days to practice which would be great for us to get back to our roots. Um, and, you know, we're going to go in tomorrow and with a game plan to, you know, get better. Um, you know, we can't get too down on ourselves. It's, to me, it's still early in the season. Um, you know, we got to get healthy and uh, get Mike back. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to focus on our defensive end and uh, communication.
0: They're low right now yet there are opportunities to gain confidence going forward. We sound like college football fans when we're talking about schedules and NBA schedules and things like that. It's gotten into the discourse of NBA discussion because of the Lakers, but it is true. Jazz, according to ESPN's BPI, played the sixth toughest schedule thus far. They have the fifth easiest remaining slate left. Best team that they play over the next two weeks is Minnesota, and that team is five hundred. At this point last year, they were 13-13, and 13. right now 12-10. and 10. Quinn Snyder teams continue to get better as the season goes on. There needs to be more fluency in the way that Mike Conley understands the offense, in the way that all the other pieces understand the offense. The bench needs to get better. There are areas of improvement, but I look towards the class president theory. Got a bunch of class presidents in that locker room. George Niang is a class president. Donovan Mitchell has a class president energy. Same goes with Joe Ingles. Might be more class clown than class president, but still a leader in the locker room. Rudy Gobert, a two-time defensive player of the year, understands what's expected. Donovan Mitchell has been lauded for his ability to take film sessions where he is just getting ripped up and down and want to use them to get better. Because those type of things, when you have a tough look at a game, you have to find ways to to improve on that and make sure it never happens again. Donovan Mitchell and this team is willing to put in that work. Eventually, it'll look better and it'll look fine. This team needs to find an identity because what you hear from Jeff and, and how low that team is, they aren't playing towards that defensive identity that we know from Quinn Snyder teams. Just look over the last six. The best defensive rating that they've had is a 99 against the Grizzlies. And if you remember in that game, the Grizzlies led by 15 at halftime. Utah needs to get back into that defensive way so they can help out what they're doing offensively. And and Rudy Gobert can play with that confidence of knowing that he's dominating one side of the floor. Second best defensive rating that they've had of the trip was against the Sixers and Philly on Monday. It was the end of a 1-4 road swing. The chemistry between the backcourt. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Something identified in the preseason as... Key and crucial to Jazz victories. There was a play in there to show that it's still taking time to develop and come along. Mike tossing a pass to Donovan, who isn't looking. Intercepted by Matisse Theibel. Leads to a Ben Simmons alley-oop. He starts flexing. Two different deals. Utah looking for answers. Philadelphia without questions more dominant that night. It's that play that's emblematic of what's been happening so far this season. And between that relationship, it's that play that Michael Lee of the Athletics started his story about the Jazz on. Let's get to the senior writer, Michael Lee. Yeah,
1: because so like you said, that, that, that series, in the, or that sequence seemed to the encapsulate their entire season. One, because everything about the success of this team is sort of built around these two guys meshing and becoming, you know, a really, uh, you know, you know, fierce tandem, and and I think that that's sort of been impeded because nobody in the league is willing to give it up to them just because they exist, you know? Ben Simmons is 6'10", Matisse Thybulle is six eight six nine. so these are two towering guys guarding two smallest guards, and I thought of that, too, because I thought that sort of represented Utah's sort of climb up the, the west, you know, because there's so many Goliaths that are above them that you think how do we get past these guys to, to become a truly elite contending type team? When you got the Lakers and the Clippers and the Rockets, and, you know all of these teams that have been above them, you know, um, uh, you know in the standings. And then, um, and then you also look at the fact that they want to be contenders, but Ben Simmons is giving up no ground. The same way the league is not giving them any ground. And then they, you know, Donovan Mitchell wants stardom and he wants all these other things. But right there, the ball's in front of him and he's standing still and as he's standing there with these was taken away so it sort of just sort of encapsulated just everything that's going on with the jazz right now where if they really want it they have to go get it cuz no one's going to give it to
0: them when we did this with the lakers in in how we evaluated that team looking at the strength of schedule, we sound like college football fans when it comes to our analysis of these type of things, but it gets easier after after that Lakers game on Wednesday where they play Memphis, OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, and Orlando. Over that two-week stretch, the best team is Minnesota, and they're 500 right now.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's sort of what you need those games to get your confidence. I mean, you look at the Lakers, they had, you talk about the strength of schedule and all that stuff, but they also needed to build chemistry and build a connection and familiarity. And they got the benefit of having a very favorable schedule. Like people are saying, oh, yeah, you're going to knock our schedule. Yeah, why are you knocking our schedule? We're still pretty good. Yeah, you are. But you were able to develop confidence by playing some of the worst teams in the league. You're able to understand or get a rhythm for your opponents while also playing through your mistakes to get teams that cannot take advantage of it. You know, if the Lakers had thought it off you know, playing the Rockets and the Sixers, and you know all these, uh, you know, top teams, the Bucks. You know, you just got a list of all these great teams at full strength right away, and they're getting tested. Their record's not going to look as good. That's just that's just how it is. That's that's how it is. But if you're beating up on these lesser teams and over the process, you're, you're establishing chemistry and you're getting confidence because you're having success. It's tougher to do that when you're getting when you're taking your lumps because then that's when doubt creeps in. That's when second-guessing comes in. You start wondering how this is going to fit. And I think the Lakers didn't have that because not only did they have a favorable schedule against lesser opponent, they had a favorable schedule in terms of travel. They never mm-hmm. went east to the Mississippi. So <laughs> like everything was just right there in California. You know, in L.A., they've had a lot of home games. They played the Clippers at home. You know, they lost, but it was a pretty much a home game, so they didn't have to leave the, even L.A. Um, so a lot of those things helped them, you know, in sort of building that you know what they are now to have the best record in basketball. Um and I'm not saying that they're not good cuz they are. They are good, but they've also had the benefit of kind of finding themselves um against teams that couldn't beat them. And that's going to help them in the long run. They're going to be a better team for it. But you can't say that the schedule didn't help. I mean, same way with the with the Jazz. They've had a really tough schedule. <laughs> they've had a really rough schedule especially when you're trying to figure out who you are and what you are, and I think a lot has to be, you know, sort of, you know, a lot of patience has to be given. with that, when you're playing tough opponents and you don't have a good rhythm with each other, and when I talked to Donovan Mitchell the other night, he basically was saying, "Overall, we've been together like three months. Been together three months, and a lot of people view that as an excuse. Oh yeah, but yeah, you know, the Lakers are winning. Well, yeah, the Lakers are winning because they have they have had a very Favorable schedule that allowed them to win and figure things out, and obviously they got LeBron and AD who have been, you know, two top ten players at worst, um, you know, for the last, you know, seven years. So um, the, the Jazz don't have that right now, and you know, for them to truly be an elite, you know, team, Donovan Mitchell has to enter that equation, and he hasn't done that yet. He's had a, you know, good season, but there's there's there level there levels to this, and, and, and you know that, and, and you can see that. Um, and he's still got some room to grow, and he'll he'll be the first one to tell you. But the one thing that is encouraging about him and just the way he's, his whole career has gone is that in the past, the Jazz have had its struggles in the early part of the season, but usually they have a losing record this time of the year, <laughs> and then they catch fire in the second half. So even despite all those struggles, you still, they still have a winning record. And um, if things go the way they typically go for them in the second half, they'll be better for it. Um, especially when their schedule lightens up and they start playing from lesser opponents, um, but I wouldn't be so down in the dumps and thinking, "Oh, this is this team is going to be nothing." Um, I mean, there are some things, areas that you have to be concerned with, especially on the defensive end right now. But, um, but I think those are things that they figure out. And um, and one thing you can say over the last two years is that they they find a way.
0: Well, and you bring up how there's confidence in in the way that this team's playing, you know, at the back end of their schedule, like they've done the two previous seasons. The other thing is what I almost call the class president theory, where you have guys that are class president personalities that want to get better. Donovan is lauded for the fact that he'll be willing to go into a film session and just get ripped apart because he wants to get better. Same sort of personality with the rest of the team and Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. How different is it from Memphis to Utah for a guy like Mike Conley, who's coming into this system where he hasn't ever played a rim-running big like Rudy Gobert. He hasn't played around this many shooters.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a new situation for him. I mean, for 12 years, 12 years, like if not two years, three years, six years, like this is 12 years of doing things one way in particular where you have uh, at first, he had two bigs, Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol, that he worked with. And there never was, say, a perimeter threat or, or a wing guy that he had to defer to. Um, there never was another creator that he had to, other than Marc Gasol, who created from the post. Um, and there never was anybody who could necessarily score from the wing. Um, when he had you know, Rudy Gay early on before he got traded, but that was kind of a different situation. But I just think overall, he never really had had it where... Um, he had to lean on anybody <laughs> to, to, to carry the offensive load, um, you know, as a playmaker. Now he comes to Utah, and he has two playmakers with him, in and, and Bogdanovich and in and, and Donovan Mitchell. And these are guys who need touches. These are guys who need shots. And and they're going to call for the ball a lot, you know. And sometimes he's going to wind up being that guy just hanging out in the corner. And he can definitely be a space filler because he has the, the capability to shoot a lot of his shooting kind of came off the dribble a lot of those, you know kind of floaters and things that he liked to hit um you know those things that happen just from being in a rhythm and having a ball in your hand he doesn't necessarily have that time to do all that because he has guys who can actually create for themselves so that is an adjustment and then playing with a guy like Rudy Gobert as opposed to Marc Gasol where you know Marc Gasol's kind of a pick and pop guy you know you drive in the lane you penetrate Get the defense, you kick it out, and there he is hitting the foul line jumper. Or even later on, um, hitting threes. You know, under the, the last couple years of their partnership, he's hitting threes. Rudy Gobert's not going to do that. Rudy Gobert's going to be a guy who's going to catch lobs, who's going to be able to finish after you've sort of, you know, you, you you're you're attracting the defense in an aggressive way where you have them convinced that you're going to score and it's different when you try to drive with the intent to score in the hope that you draw on the defense, and then you can throw up the lob. That's a timing thing that you kind of have to develop, and it's hard to do that over three months with a guy you never played with, and he told me you know, that there are times when he's, he's counting out in his head, okay, I need to take an extra dribble. Okay, I need to take two more dribbles, and when you're telling yourself in your head, okay, I need to do this, 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 you're already losing especially when you kind of play a game like basketball that really relies on instinct and rhythm. And right now, he doesn't have that comfort, and he hasn't developed that comfort. So, you know, you look at just some of the struggles that he's had, a lot of them make sense. and that, But he's such a smart guy, such a hard worker. I don't think they are going to be issues all year long. But I think a lot, like initially when I first looked at, you know, I was like, wow, he's really struggling. He's shooting kind of poorly. I don't, man, this is rough. I, he, Man, maybe he's getting older. And, you know, there's a lot of things you could just say about why a guy is struggling right away. But I took a step back and, you know, and started thinking about, you know, why is he having these struggles? And you're like, you know what? He doesn't quite understand how he's going to contribute to this team just yet. He doesn't quite understand when what kind of shots he needs to take within his offense. He doesn't understand when he needs to get the ball to Donovan and get out of the way or when he needs to get the ball to and get out of the way. Like, those are things that you develop over time and he hasn't figured it out. And the other aspect of it is that, yeah, he's got to defer to Bojan and and Donovan, but Rudy's sitting over here like, hey, man, (laughs) I'm Defensive Player of the Year. I've earned the right to get a couple touches because I shoot at a pretty high percentage when I get the ball. So don't forget about me either. So there's a lot that he has to sort of Figure out, and as a point guard, a guy who's been a point guard his whole life, um, it's it's it's, it's going to take time to start over in a new place. It's not like Marcus saw who went to Toronto, won a championship within a couple of months of getting there. It's easier if you're a big because the ball's not it's not working through you. The ball wasn't going through him; it was going through Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, a lot of other a lot of their other playmakers, and he sort of was able to just kind of play off of them. But in Utah, everybody's playing off Mike. And That's a bigger responsibility.
0: When it gets right, what do you think it looks like?
1: Whew, that is one thing that I'm. I'm I don't know just yet. Mm-hmm. I, I am trying to figure it out because, um, you know, you have a couple of things that are kind of working against each other right now, right? You have Donovan Mitchell, who is definitely, you know, a really talented guy who's also used to having the ball in his hands from the last couple of years. You know, he's the guy who makes the plays. But Boyan is a guy who can make – who's proven in the first couple of months that he can make those plays too, that he deserved, he's earned the right to get touches, to get those shots. And so you got to get him to sort of take a step back in some way, defer to these other talented guys. Um, but you also know that he's aggressive and he's, you know, determined to try to become an all-star to try to be what the Jazz hopes he can become in terms of being that foundational piece, you know, for a team that's going to contend. So in his mind, there are things that he has to do if he wants to be considered a great player. Um, And as a young guy, that's a lot to have going on in your head. And um, so I'm not not sure how it's going to work out just yet. Um, But I also know that the coaches and that Donovan Mitchell are are hard workers, and I'm sure they'll try to figure out something. Um, but right now, it's just been a little tough for, for everybody to sort of, you know, <clears throat> figure out their roles and just understand and develop that comfort. I will say this. The one thing that he does have, um, having Boyan around now, is that he does not have the burden all on himself. And that's probably something that a couple of games, at least early on in the year, I'm sure he's looked at that and I'm like, wow, this is such a relief that I don't have to just start freestyling and trying to create, do all this stuff with the defense just throwing everything at me. I can actually play off of somebody. And I think those are things that um, that over time he'll figure out and he'll get a comfort level with.
0: His latest is titled Donovan Mitchell, and the Jazz are determined to take that expected leap despite an uneven start. He is a senior writer at The, at the Athletic, and since he is at The Athletic, we've got to talk about him. Your best Tony Jones story your coworker over there at the atmosphere.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um wow. Uh I just I, I, I don't really necessarily have a story about Tony. I just know that I don't know of a bigger um I'll say smack talker for less of a uh P, uh P G word <laughs> uh for lack of a PG word otherwise. Uh, But he's a serious smack talker, and he loves to tell stories about his uh, basketball skill. And I've never played with him. I I wish that I was younger and had played him uh, at another time when I used to play basketball regularly. I don't play basketball regularly anymore. But to hear the stories that he tells about his ability to play basketball, I always laugh. (laughs) Because you would think that, you know, he was – the second coming of uh, Stephon Marbury in high school, you know. Um, so I, I always had to have fun to listen to him just, you know, explain his exploits. And uh, and uh, I'm always amused by it because uh, a lot a lot of times the stories don't necessarily add up, but uh, but they're always entertaining.
0: He is an entertaining storyteller, and that's why he's, he's made <laughs> a great find in this business because it's about storytelling. And that's our guy, though. That's Tony Jones it, of The Athletic. He is. He's the best. He's the best. Find him on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. He is a senior writer at The Athletic. Michael Lee, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate
0: it. We love Tony Jones because he also, in the digital pages of The Athletic, has a good understanding of what's going on and how the Jazz are searching for answers as losses pile up. That's his latest that you want to check out there. Utah's nowhere close to where they want to be, and the difference between the top of the West and the bottom and even the middle, it was shown that Wednesday night against the Lakers. 121-96, the turnovers were magnified. L.A. goes 32-5 in an advantage on the fast break. You have LeBron James feasting on the turnovers that you have It's not going to go well. Driving to the middle of the court with no plan seems to have caught everybody as a little bit of a bug. Boyan Bogdanovich had it a couple times against Philly. Dante Exum had it once against the Sixers as well. Those type of just drives with no plan, that's where you get into trouble. There's nobody who can guard LeBron. And when the Jazz get to the playoffs, that's going to be a difficult issue. It's an issue that every single team has. Michael understands this because he's been around the league for so long knows how much confidence plays into the roles that guys are going at. Once the Jazz gain confidence, then it can be a fair fight with LA. The way that they had been playing didn't show great signs heading into a return home against the Lakeshore. LeBron's playing with this smile on his face. He's doing so without shoes on in the sideline because they're enjoying the way that they're playing. When you're up and you're having fun, things can look so effortless. The Jazz, it's labored in. They don't have that luxury of being able to play teams that are below them that they don't gain confidence against. Grizzlies, on Saturday, should be one of those times. John Morant is set to miss his third straight with back soreness. Already been without Jonas Valanciunas and Kyle Anderson over their road trip, which is their longest of the season. Losing to the Pacers and the Bulls earlier in the week. They're relying on Dylan Brooks to score their buckets and Jaron Jackson Jr., Already beat them in the FedEx last time out. The thing that you have to keep in mind is seeing the response that this team has from being so low. Will they be down 15 at halftime to the Grizz? What's the response that they have going forward? Okay scenes on Monday as the things lighten up. They can turn this around, but it starts with Memphis right there. That's why it's a little difficult to prognosticate how will it look once it starts looking good. Because we haven't seen it from many of the parts this season. Joe Ingles is still adjusting to that six-man mold. Mike Conley's trying to discover what life is like outside of Memphis. And Donovan's carrying a burden that over that road trip, he shoots 36 of 96. And the most that he had was 26 against Indiana. Some nights you need him to be that superstar that he wants to be. You need him to be able to carry you on nights. And he showed it against the Pelicans and the Warriors in that homestand before the trip, even the title of Michael Lee's story is so apt. Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz are determined to take the expected leap despite an uneven start. What does a year three leap look like for Donovan Mitchell? More efficient, more scoring. Kurt Goldsberry has the shot chart of who leads in each zone of scoring. Donovan Mitchell leads the entire league in scoring on the right elbow. Is that the most efficient shot? No, but if it's comfortable for him and he continues to score at the clip that makes it efficient, then you have to take those comfortable shots for you. That's why the Mike Conley floater, while it gets some gripes from people, You're not going to hear it from me because if that's the shot that he's comfortable with and he starts sinking it, something that he's taken for 12 years in his career, he ought to be relying on the shot that has gotten him to where he is. The offense needs to start clicking. The defense needs to start clicking. And they need to get into practice. Because the chemistry just because the chemistry just isn't there for this team. They'll have opportunities going forward with Memphis, Memphis on Saturday and OKC on Monday. That does it for this edition of Round Ball Roundup. Make sure to thank Michael Lee for coming on the program and taking time to discuss his story at Mr. Michael Lee on Twitter and help other people find the podcast to hear Michael Lee. Five stars and nicer views. That's all I ask of you. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Let others know that you're listening to Roundball Roundup. We'll catch you on Monday. Till then, bye for now.